Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Living in fear on a daily basis and see 
joining the gang as a solution problem. The pressure to join a gang may be very strong. Parents must provide children with a safe, loving home environment, plus help them get school safety. It is also the parents' responsibility to see that school is a safe place to learn and play. I've been a truancy worker. I see a lot of, well, not a lot. I see some children who are afraid to go to school. I remember when I was a child, teenager, where some guys, they weren't gang involved, but they were afraid to go to school. And then you have the gang members who obviously uh, put their lives at risk Terrible if food is outside of their control area. So, basically, the parents, I think the adults need to make the environment safe because parents have to work. They can't be up at the school and work because they'll lose their jobs. They run up at the school behind uh, everything that happens at the school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that parents are loving toward their children and, and to the parents that are loving you know, that their children know that. Children and the staff and community. Children may join a gang as a means of protection from rival gangs. Children may view their neighborhood gangs as a solution to the torment and threat from other gangs. Now, that kind of sounds logical. I want to protect myself against a group of people by increasing my number. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Gang, you probably join it. the gang that you wake up to every day. So you probably know half the most of the guys in the gang. Parents must work to see that the neighborhood is safe. Again, safety is another issue, a strong point here. Safe place for the children to play, learn, and the parents need to work together monitor the children and provide law enforcement with information to help keep the neighborhood safe. If children get in trouble with the law, parents must let their children suffer the consequences of illegal behavior. Protecting the children from the law does not teach responsibility. So, now I know that may be difficult for some parents, this is just for this particular author's thing. First, you, if you are Christian, the Bible says train a child. If you train your child a certain way, uh, he'll be able to use that knowledge to navigate through the uh, community and so forth. That I mean, children are going to defend themselves in whatever way that they you deem necessary. Because if you have 20 guys after you in school, you're going to need uh, at least 10 to Fight that off that that off. But that's the thinking of a person who who's outnumbered. It's not just a child thinking. But one solution again, the gang turning around by saying you're gonna teach your child one thing. I'm sure everybody's been taught right from wrong as as Kennedy came. There's no right from wrong. They know what they're doing. So if they have made a decision to participate in gang culture, which sometimes, you know, there's collateral damage in a gang. So you're assuming that someone might be of a rival gang, then you might take advantage of the fact that you are in a gang and somebody you don't like, you might want to just, you know, tune them up. Maybe they, in your mind, they deserve it. Maybe they do. No. Well, that's a complicated situation. Safety is a complicated situation when you live in an environment that's not safe. When you live in an environment that that, that condition is facilitated by things that's not controlled by the parents of that environment or the children in that environment. So it's involved in just making it safe because it's difficult to make a violent community state without using violence. It's very difficult. You see Mark King, Mark uh, had a non-violent response to the, the violent terrorism that was being perpetrated on African-American people and people who are not 
African-American people and see that violence has perpetrated people who are not willing to deal with violence in a way that they accept violence being perpetrated on them. So it's a very difficult uh, situation here when we talk about dealing with violence in the neighborhood, making the neighborhood safe. And the police are not that responsive all the time. They can't be everywhere at one time. They can't deter everyone from behaving in a violent manner or they can't stop every gang war, every shooting. That's very complicated. Children often choose to join gangs if their friends or family members belong in order to fit in with other gang members. So that's kind of like birds of a feather or I guess maybe the one bad apple for the rest of us. If you rub shoulders with somebody, you begin to behave like the person that you rub shoulders with or the people that you kind of look up to. Children may also begin to wear certain colors or types of clothes associated with gangs. As we know, the uh, West Coast gangs, two gangs, in the blood they have that gang culture with blue color. Crips, I think they wear blue and the bloods wear red, right? So and they go very seriously about what colors on that if you have colors on, if you had on a certain color that identifies you necessarily as a uh, particular gang member. They may wear distinctive hairstyles, you gang criminality and get involved with gang activities. Of course, if you're in a gang, you're going to be involved with gang activity. If a parent notice any of these indicators, it is a signal that the child is interested in a gang or has already joined or arrested. You got a guy that might wear clothes a certain way. He might wear button-up shirt. You don't have on the latest sneakers. Pants are kind of on him. You don't have any what they call swag. He changes his walk. He tilts his hat to the side a little bit. Maybe a little do-rag. Maybe a rag in his pocket. Put a little hook in his arm. Arm move a little harder as he walks down the street. Has a different kind of a swag about him. But he's saying, the author's saying here, pay attention to the changes in the child's behavior, the way they dress. Conversating, fans, who they're keeping company with. So, another other sign, sign I know a long time ago you could tell who was a gang member and who wasn't by the way that they dressed. Nowadays, hard to tell. For me, I, I don't know who's thugging it out or whatever because a lot of people just look like they're thugs. They sagging pants. Children also have unsupervised time. If this becomes excessive, children will search for something to do to prevent boredom. This goes with the saying, idle time is the devil's playground. Gang activity can fill the excessive time. Parents should be involved and coordinated sponsoring activities for the children. And if the child has nothing to do, he will find something to do. And that thing that that child finds to do will not necessarily be positive nature. It could be uh, connected to father's gang culture. So make your child accountable for their time and action. So an example of that would be the child leaving the house you want to know where he's going. You want to know the people that he associated with. Sometimes those child's friends, parents, family, things like that. So your child is associating with people that you might not know. That child might be that might be indicative of a change in that child's socialization and socialized uh, with a different group. You see a different change with the guy that comes down to the house. That, Appears to be non-offensive, just visiting, but not spending as much time. You know, your kid is going to 
else on our route, and people that you don't know, you might want to check those people out. That's what they're saying here. Or with his so-called corny friend, and now he's off to his new cool friend, which cool would be uh, being a gang and being the excitement of being in the gang and so forth like that. So maybe his other friend is not into that. And he chooses to change his lifestyle. Definitely gang culture. Gang activities appear to be exciting. So many opportunities exist to find excitement. Now here you get this dopamine rush uh, coming in effect right once you uh, find yourself being told to do gang activity and you like it, get that rush, oh, yeah, that was fun. That was exciting. We almost had killed, you know, something, you know, more great this here, you know, so that's going to kind of give you that rush. It's like taking that roller coaster ride where it feels like the roller coaster throws you off, but you're not. You have, you have to the nerve, the heart to get on the roller coaster and you ride it, bear the bull by the horns, and you're still there. So you got, you got that machismo going on. You know? And so, kind of like punch you up. With the risk, it was exciting, and you still and you survived it. Just make sure your children are involved with sports clubs and business or aren't safe because you can get maybe uh, someone might themselves as being safe by joining the gang. As you said previously, for protection. You're protected in your community by a gang. That's a community that is already violent. Then you're going to view the gang as safe, not as a, a place because your community is already a, risk, a risky place, scary place. Protect you against the scary of people inside and outside of the community. So that's how a person look at childhood. You know, you look at that. And in so many ways, it's a gang act that's kind of purpose. Now, the appeal of obtaining money fast can be overwhelming for children. By the advocate immediate gratification at any expense. Now we come into more of the modern day, contemporary day type of gangs, which are gangs, but they have uh, the structure of a criminal organization. Because with the uh, event of crack cocaine, these gangs started spread their business across the West Coast. I don't know any gang from the East Coast that's expanding their empire towards West Coast. I've heard of gangs from West Coast. I haven't even heard of gangs from Chicago. Maybe they have. I don't know. But these gangs are more like criminal organizations. Not to say that the street gang is not a criminal organizations, but these more contemporary gangs nowadays are basically founded on criminal enterprise. So they have gang wars and things like that. They have uh, weaponry, rivals, the military. Different type of situation. They have older members, younger members, families. Communities that involve uh, the more temporary gangs. But if they gangs are involved with drugs and other criminal activity that give children opportunities to make money. Love of money is the root of all evil. So, they're in a society that most perpetuates capital gains and materialism. So, we have a individual who's young and impressionable don't have many avenues of gaining the things that they want, things that they need, gain, slash criminal enterprise, force them, vehicles to get 
think they could never get from graduating from high school and maybe college, not at, at the rate that they might be getting. But again, they would never be at the same risk also. The risk is a hundred times greater in pride than it would be working for the bank. Oh, you have a call. We have hold a on. call. Go ahead. Okay, hello. Hello. Hello, this is Q. Q, how you doing, Q? Good, good. Um, yeah, I've been saying about the uh, difference now. Um, between the uh back in the day everything was more like street gangs for um you know, about the neighborhood and all those guys trying to do that type of thing like that. And then now it seems to be more like uh, geared towards uh, enterprise, you know, things that fit the RICO statue and everything like that. But um, I don't really really, uh, see too much of the whole gang thing here. You know, it it seems, seems like everything is just like they just cruise. Groups of people selling drugs. I don't know, like, of, uh, I don't know, like, anybody like having like names or something like that of a specific group, you know, that they're calling themselves and stuff like that. You know, so. Right. Right. Well, I just like to say something, Carlton. Um, in, in many urban centers in the United States, especially especially uh, uh, urban urban neighborhoods. Uh, with people of color, they do have uh, 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 gang problems. Yeah, you talk about L.A., Chicago, New York, Jersey, the South, you know, as more regional lives. Like uh, the Bloods in L.A. might be different from the Bloods in Brooklyn, and the Bloods in Brooklyn might be different from the Bloods in Jersey, and the Bloods in Jersey might be different from bloods in Georgia and Florida and same with the Cribs and the Gangsters Disciples and you're right uh, in the beginning uh, in the beginning it was more like protecting protecting your neighborhood from other people coming from other neighborhoods but now when the when you had uh, uh, the uh, if, 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 uh, the the crack cocaine that came in the 80s now that's when it became more economics and what have you, but uh, most uh, individuals that joined gangs, it was just like they wanted a sense of belonging, a brotherhood, a uh, 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 status quo. Cause uh, where a lot of adolescents, well, they starting when they're out of teenagers, where a lot of adolescents, that's like they 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 get their swagger. They get a, a sense of, of uh, belonging and, and reputation. So there's many different reasons why uh, a kid of 14, 13, 12. Or even, now you have couples. It, it's a, you have couples that have children, and when they get old enough, they get into the game that their mother and father were in. And it's just, not just guys. It's females, too. But community. Families and communities that perpetuate temporary gangs. Because it's, it's, more, it's more complex than the youth gang of old. The youth gang of old, you can age out of that gang. But the new gangs have more reason to stay in the gang than the youth gang. You know what I'm saying? Youth gang mm-hmm. did not generate a lot of money. They didn't, you, can, you, you didn't see a guy from a youth gang have his own house. On a couple of houses and a couple of cars and stuff like that. You didn't see those guys on. They were basically children who were basically at odds with other children in other communities, maybe two blocks away, maybe in the same neighborhood. You know, they were kids doing uh, going to war against each other for whatever reason, right or wrong, that they did it. Everybody has a different reason for had a different reason for. Why the gang war? At the end, you you all gonna be at, at gonna be on that battlefield, right? Together, you know, for protection, 
society life is a scapegoat to gain culture, but in a way we're responsible for it. Um, gang culture thrives on poverty, population, paper. Sorry, same thing. Go ahead. Oh, the people migrate and they can't, they don't have access to the things they need to survive. They begin to, and they're not being treated well. They begin to group together. Okay, we're having a problem over here with the Irish, or we're having a problem with the Italian guy, you know what I'm saying? Or we have all the black guy, you know what I'm saying? Or the Vietnamese guy that came in. Like, everybody thinks they're jockeying for against each other. Maybe in some ways they are. So maybe there's not enough of the pie being distributed to individuals for them to do things in a more positive way, even to, to, because what I'm here, I hear this author speak about positive reinforcement for children, and I'm looking at the community like I'm like, is there enough? Is there enough social, uh, recreational services for the community? I, when I was a kid, the whole neighborhood we, we didn't pay a dime. We got lunch, we had activities, everybody was there. Little kids. Your big, your big brother, your really big brother, the gang members, everybody in the community was at the restaurant. Outdoor camp, the whole community was there. We got lunches and everything. Now, when they have that type of service, you got to save some money. I said that's a problem. You have an impoverished community, and now we, now we, now you're charging them for a service that this particular author, and I'm in agreement with, we said people do be positive outlets. But as I said again, even as we had these positive outlets, right, the music wasn't about killing people as they have today, or how you're debasing women, debasing the community, and things like that. But we still had this element very violent. With it, with the uh, extent of the positive uh, recreational services available to even some stop. Right. Right? But that's the part that the government's not doing. Right? They're not doing, they kind of fell down on that end as far as like providing no services for the community. Right. So if there's yeah. no positive reinforcement, in the community, and the community has been bombarded by the drugs, drug culture, mm-hmm. broken family, broken spirit. What do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, so the government is not providing a means, vehicle for individuals to make ends meet. What would you do? Some people, and because everybody don't sell drugs, some people are are not comfortable, but they choose not to sell drugs, not to be involved in, in, in that that directly, because there's no way you can explain it. You're going to be affected by what happens when you have culture, culture, so forth like that. Because bullets have no name. Children are making their own decisions. But your family may not be that, or your son can be murdered, or he can murder someone else based on that culture. And the same thing for back in the 60s and the 70s. Your family may not be, might not promote gang warfare, but your child may promote it. As a decision, because you think that's cool, because it's, 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 uh, his peers support him. Right? Or he's gaining some new peers, maybe some people that he idolized from gang culture. Maybe he idolized gang culture as a adult as a as a youth, as a toddler. Maybe he was six years old when he decided, Hey, I like a big part of something. You know what I'm saying? When he got of age to to do that, he made the decision to jump shit. 
not going to church on Sunday. I'm not going to Sunday. I'm going to And, you know, as a result of that, this is serious because you have these clashes with people. When you hurt somebody, people will tend to want to hurt you. Or then you have this back and forth thing going. Because we have another call. We have another caller. Welcome to the back of the Oh, Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me hang up one guest and then we bring on another one. Hey, you, you, what's going on? Hello, who am I speaking to and welcome to the start? You're speaking to Brian Bethay. Brian Bethay, me, how you doing, brother? What's going on, man? Long right. time to well, hear from. Yeah, okay. We're here discussing was... the, the mentality of the gang culture uh, from the right. 50s and the 60s, making a comparison between uh, what's happening now in our community, the uh, social structure of the gang back then, in comparison to the uh, social uh, economical structure of gangs nowadays. Gangs and yeah, clicks as uh, one uh, all of this. Uh, up there a lot yeah, I the strange about that is, is the cultural cultural way things are going today, which is kind of unusual. Um, the way the killings are being done in neighborhoods right now, is a little different from when we were coming up in the 70s and the 80s, and it kind of took a different uh, pull on things uh, in our neighborhoods, like little kids getting shot accidentally by, you know, bullets, you know, bullets don't have nobody's name on it, and if they go on and they spraying people with bullets, you know, in them schoolyards and stuff like that, things just got a little. We didn't do stuff like that back then. The weaponry was a little different. Uh, less. Yeah, well, you know, what? weapons weren't that easy to get a hold of. <laughs> to the day, today, the government knows how guns are getting in neighborhoods. I mean, neighborhoods, they know how that's, you know. I see the dude open up his trunk of his car. I, I've never seen so many guns. I mean, he had, had nines, he had eights, <laughs> he had clocks, he had AR-15s. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's funny. Somebody, day. So not only was it the community flooded with drugs, the community is flooded with armory. It's yeah, because the form of the you know they knew, and then I think it's a lot more to it than just the drugs and the uh, armory that's being sent in there besides the drugs. I think it's been a way they can get us to do to commit genocide on each other. I think it has to do with a lot of chemicals and what we eat, what our younger kids are eating today, from cereal to anything else that they can put on the table. Oh, get ready to set up here. So you think our diet is uh, making us aggressive towards each other? I, I believe it is. I watch uh, uh, scientists in Atlanta talk about how they were making drugs for to make men gay and that they were putting it in the water and putting it in the systems, and they, they threatened to kill him and his wife and his children if he was to go public with it. And he went public with it anyway. <laughs> And, you know, it's been it's, it's a little small laboratory the government has in Atlanta, Georgia. I was like, whoa, it's a lot of stuff that's been being made. It's like anthrax and all that stuff that's been made in the laboratories. It's a crazy thing out here, you know. It's a lot of stuff. It's stuff being put in water. It's stuff in the meats. When people go to buy hoagies, and I was just talking to a brother, and he was like, wow. You know, he was showing me the stuff that they put in cold cuts like bologna and ham and all that crap. You know, he was saying this is make men impotent, you know, make you have ED, erection dysfunction. He said, you know, but just like they can make stuff like that and put in your meats and your foods, they can make stuff to make you evil and, you know, disregard for human life when it comes to your own. And that's been proven. Okay, so let me let me um, sum up what you're saying. So gang warfare or gang culture is a symptom, right, or of the result of 
African American or what are we talking about? African Americans, Latinos, poor, impoverished people. What are we saying? Yeah, you're right. Token the news media to try to put it out that like we're the only ones been ever killing ourselves, killing wiping the white Caucasians been killing each other and still are. They don't show you the violence that they produce with each other on the news media, but they're they're quick to come show us on the news media. Funny shit, missing you know. Number one cause of death for black African American males on the age I think it's fourteen to thirty four or thirty five. Number one right. Well, I know if you if you over your fifties, you ain't in that <laughs> that frame I'm of mind. I'm a side, fourteen to thirty four, thirty five, something like that. Right. Number yeah, one yeah. that I'm a side. So I'm, I'm hmm. trying to uh, I'm trying to piece it together. Are you saying those homicides are are that a symptom of the genocide is being perpetrated on African American uh, male? Right. Yeah, you know what? It's a good, funny thing that uh, somebody posted up on my Facebook a couple months ago. Um, it was in New York how there was a drive-by that went on, and uh, they started spraying the street. Kids were sitting on the steps and out in the neighborhood, and these three guys were running through the neighborhood, and they had hoodies on, and they had uh, bandanas around their mouths, and they had hats on with bandanas around their eyes and the mouth area. They caught them at the end of the block. The, the police caught them. But the blacks was coming after them, and they wound up being police officers with black black stuff on their face to make it look like they were what? black. What is it? Yeah, yeah. Where did that happen? I don't, that happened in New York. Um, I'm up upstate New York in the Bronx. Yeah, I need that information. So, um, yeah, somebody had posted. I'm gonna see. I, I thought I saved. It. I'm gonna look and see if I still have it. If I don't have it, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. I said that's crazy. I definitely want that information. You said three police officers dressed up in blackface. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Dove apparel, and did they shoot anybody? No, they were after the block shooting, spraying with uh, AR. You know, they just were shooting automatic now. weapons. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I thought, wow. That's not the only time that's happened, though. Somebody else posted something else about that at a rally. Cops yep. were supposed to have been, they were acting like they were black when they were actually painted faces. What? They were trying, yeah, they were trying to start a... Start the, Carl, you know, have another the, caller. Brian, we have another caller. I want to thank you for calling the doctor, so I hope that you are on this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get, I'll be back with you. All right, then. Go ahead. Welcome to the doctor. Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, what's going on, Carl? This is uh, Brother Tyrone. Tyrone? Yeah. Okay, how you doing, Brother Tyrone? Okay. Listen, man, I was just listening to the last caller. Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you for inviting me to um, listen and, and, and just to try to help say something to make somebody make people aware of of some things, you know. I want to elaborate on what the last caller was talking about. How, uh, you know, they try to make people think that it's one person doing it and it's another. You know, I was looking at it. Brother, stop long. Can I stop for a minute? Can I stop for a minute? Go ahead. This is uh, Brother Tyrone. He's an ex-gang member from the uh, gang that we were talking about. Uh, with the um, let everybody know who you are. Okay, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Thank God that I persevered through my decisions. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was looking at a, seg- a segment uh, on Channel 12 at one time, maybe, maybe about a month ago, and they were talking about the Cherokee Indians who they had actually um, made into made into slave owners. They had become slave owners of blacks, too. 
and some of them were actually uh, related to the uh, the Ku Klux Klan. They had showed that they had put uh, one of the cone heads and made him a grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, one of the grand wizards. He was a Cherokee Indian. And they were showing actual footages of of this. Then they went on to talk about um, the shootings that was in, I believe it was Minnesota, I forget what state it was, but it was these two white guys. They were running around, and they had shot and killed two black guys, and they went around the next corner and and wounded some other guys. And when they finally caught them, uh, one of them was recognized by another Cherokee Indian, and he said that that, that, that's not a, a, a white guy. He's an Indian. But both of them had their head skinned like they were skinheads. I just wanted to, you know, touch bases on that. Okay. Now we have you on the phone, so we ask some personal questions. Mm-hmm. So what, what is your origin and your your uh, story about how you became a gang member? What was your uh, thinking, the mentality like uh, previously, and at the point that you uh? Um, it's kind of stuttering what you said. Um, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, my first introduction to uh, to I think gang war life was I was very young. I had to be at least about six or seven years old. You know, if as I remember. Um, I remember that it was it was cool to be a part of a gang or be I didn't understand that I was trying to fit in and belong to something. You know, I I, I remember now I look back and I, I couldn't read uh that good or, or write, but I know I wanted to belong to something. You know, and I understand today that it was peer pressure that motivated me to be a part of wrongdoings. You know, not just the gang, the behaviors that went on in gangs and, and out of gangs. You know, well, I didn't know that this stuff would eventually land me in places that I didn't want to be in. But the the blessing of it is, is that when these things happened to me, it gave me a chance to think about the decisions I was making. Every time I was put in an uncomfortable situation, I was given a chance to take a look at me. You know, um, I don't think I would change too much of uh, what happened to me because it made me the person that I am today, and that's free from uh, drugs, uh, gang, gang-related behaviors. Um, I'm blessed today, man. I, you know, if you knew me when I was in a gang and see me today, you would see that a that a change has been made from a direct result of the decisions that I have made in my life. And I understand today that it was about decisions, right and wrong. What do I want to do? You have a choice. You can go right or you can go left. And once you become aware that you have a a choice, then some things become a little more clearer to you. You don't want to just do what you see everybody else doing because you know you can do something different and be better at it. So he's saying you volunteered for gang warfare. Yep. That's exactly what it was. It was a volunteer. No, I, I could never say that my mother or father encouraged any bad behavior that I picked up, you know, they played their part of 
planting a seed of understanding of doing the right things, but it was up to me to make a decision to do the right things. You know, once I got, that's why I say peer pressure. Once I got outside of my home, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to do what my mother and father told me not to do or do what my boys are doing. And I made a conscious decision to do what I thought was cool, hip, and I thought it was I thought it was the right thing at the right time at at that time, you know. But as time went on, it showed me that uh, I was making wrong decisions, and life became a little uncomfortable, and I, I did not like that feeling. So I decided to do something different. Uh, I have a question for you, guest. Uh, Tyrone, uh, let's say you were talking to like a ten-year-old, eleven, twelve-year-old who is considering, consider, or who is being recruited uh, by uh, by a, a, a particular gang. What would you tell them? That was being recruited. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, they do recruit today. And well, you know, I'm looking at how uh, I was recruited, really recruited. Yeah, it's, it, that's a good word to call it, recruited. I would, uh, I would actually tell them no. It, it, don't don't believe believe in things that sound good and look good. You know, just because it sounds good or look good, because I do believe that's how I got recruited from behaviors that sound good and look good. You know, um, don't always do what you feel you want to do. Think about it before you do it. Ask somebody, is this right? Uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I, uh, I say that because one of my friends is on this phone now. He had asked me, should he do something at one time? And I told him, no, don't go down. Don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. So if somebody would confide in me about doing anything, all I can do is give them my experience of what happened to me when I did something that somebody else was doing. You know, you gotta you gotta make sure that whatever they're saying, if it don't sound right, don't do it. That's it. That's what I could say. If it don't sound right, don't do it. Because it, I don't know what, what what they're coming up with 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 methods today to uh, uh, encourage and, and recruit people. It, it, it's it's similar to back in the day, but it's a little more uh, uh, appealing. You know. Okay, I can find it very appealing. Say it again. Economic makes it very appealing. All right, it, 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 and that's what I was attracted to was the stuff that that sounded good, the the, the good sounding uh, talking, walking, and and you you, you know the way it was right. presented. Right. right. Yes. Right. Uh, you have a person that want to ask you a question. You have a call that want to ask you a question. Tyrone, hold on. Uh, hold on for a second. Hold on, Uh Go ahead. Yeah, uh, brother, brother, Yes. Yeah. yeah, um, my, my question I want to, uh, make is this is brother Bumpy here from 49th Street. You know, I mean, I'm getting kind of thrown off here for a minute with, with, the, with the topic where he was coming in that, um, about the game things, about respect and how when we, did gang war, who tell the younger kids that's on the street, get off the street, so it's about to be some shooting or, or, or the gang thing about to go down, you know. And uh, uh, it's how we were brought up with respect, that's the, that's the ground for understanding, respecting the woman today and respecting yourself. I don't know what they're doing today as far as how they're wearing their clothes, but we took pride in how we wore our clothes. We had clothes made. You know, and, and it's a very good point. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you keep up the good work, man. But 
I'm saying is that it starts from respecting from your parents, from your household. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, can I keep you on the phone? Uh, you, you, you know, I, I, you know I, I keep hearing people talk about, you know, it starts at home. And, I, you know, uh, I, I don't always agree with that because, um, like, you know, uh, my, my parents never told me to do nothing wrong. And I got friends, and then you, Carlton, you come from a good family, you know, uh, um, and we still was from a gang. That's right. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's you as an individual, and 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 when peer pressure shows up, peer pressure right. is is wanting to be a part of. Right. How 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 strong is your desire to want to do or or not to do? Right. You right. know, I knew drugs was wrong, man, but when I saw my boys doing it, it seemed out of sight. That they were acting, and I didn't see, I didn't see the, uh, I saw the surface, but I didn't see the depths of it. I didn't see the the the, the end results of it. Jails, institutions, and death. Right. You know, but uh, you know, this is my first time uh, uh, talking on this, and 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 I would like to really be able to say something that would help somebody. But um, right now, I, I, I'm really in a, 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 a kind of nervous type of uh, 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 situation, and, and I will be calling in, you know, next Saturday to get used to just saying what's, what I know to be right in my life and what I saw, what I understand. And it ain't got to be for everybody, but it's me as a human being, an individual, and what I experience. Correct. Can I just identify you to the person for you? Go ahead. Yeah, this is uh, Bumpsy from 29th Street Gang, Austin, that gang member. And he's basically saying, because the author of what I was reading, on this one, family a lot. And what Bumpsy and Tyrone is saying, that's a scenario for them. Not this scenario. He also said it's not what a scenario for me, and he's right. As we came from good families, our mothers and fathers gave us good instructions. Nobody encouraged us to do the things that we did. We made the decision to do it because we thought it was cool, right? That's right. That's right. But it was cool, and hey, that's the end of the show. And uh, we have to bring this subject back. You will not be able to plug in, and turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and tip out the beer during commercial time. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and Four Parts without commercial interruption. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading the charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hard balls confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.